0: the show begins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. My name is Eric Pennington, and joining me, as always, is Jeff East. Hey, Jeff, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How about you, Eric?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. So, Jeff, I, I gotta. I'm gonna sort of jar your memory a little bit. Um, when you were a kid, did you ever have that little voice in your head that says, um, "Man, I, I want to grow up. I want to. I want to." I'm going to be able to, to do things. I, I'm, I'm tired of being, I don't want to go through this grade any longer. Anything <laughs> like that? You ever had that happen?
1: Oh yeah. And I think if we're all honest, we all did that. It's like, yeah, I'm the boss of me. Nobody else is. And- yeah.
0: So we, we really wanted to press the accelerator through that time to get to a being a, an adult. Right. Right. And as we think about it, uh, now that we are in the adult years some of us well along the path
1: yes <laughs>
0: and that, that would be me and i'm sure jeff you would say the same a
1: little bit more than you
0: <laughs> uh, But that's all right i'm not i'm not keeping track so we're, we're all good um so is let's think about that is that you know as i look back i'm not so sure i want to i would say i want to rush through my childhood uh is it is it good do you think
1: To grow up or not to grow up?
0: Well, to always want to grow up, to like leap over something to get to something else. I guess
1: I don't think it is because there's there's a reason, you know, that we're designed that way. Yeah, to to grow up over a, a course of time. But I think what's happening in our world today, we're being forced to to lose some of that childhood that we probably should hang on to to keep as we grow up.
0: Now on the same track though, Jeff. Right? I mean, there was some things that, and are some things with kids that where they're really good at being able to be in the moment. Right?
1: Yeah. Um, watch a kid play. Yeah. Just you know, and and see. There's nothing else going on for them. You know, it's 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 what it is. They're they're not worrying about anything else. They're in the moment, doing what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that would almost be they have a very high level of, uh, I, I guess, a sense of wonder. A, sen- a-,
1: a sense of wonder. Um, you know, we, we always talk about being curious. I think there's curiosity in it. And the right. thing that we probably need to talk about more is there's a sense of imagination going on, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where, you know. It would be hard for me to imagine that I'm a dinosaur now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or a superhero, right? Or a
1: superhero. Yeah. But you know, that's what the kid, you know, that's what you do as a kid. You imagine you're these other things.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then
1: that, that puts you into a different world.
0: Yes. Yes. So do you think that, uh, just by way of example, that sense of wonder the sense of imagination curiosity it it starts to sort of fade a bit as you move through the teenage years into young adult
1: yeah you you have things that happen to you like i can remember the first time i realized i'm an adult Mm -hmm. i'm in my first apartment the furnace kicks on and i go I gotta pay for that.
0: <laughs> yes, nothing like a money reality, right?
1: It's like, oh wow, I I have responsibilities and and stuff like that to deal with now. So that took away a lot of the the childhood when you re- re- realize you have the adult responsibilities.
0: So, what do you think about um, the the overexposure to kids today to things that you and I might say are better exposed to as an adult versus as a kid. Do you think that kids today might be, uh, are they being robbed of the innocence, the wonder, the imagination?
1: You know, I think so. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I I believe they are. Um, You know, Growing up, you know, you, you know, we had Disney movies and old-style Disney movies that, right. you know, did have some, some serious themes, but it was, it was still mostly imagination and thinking. There wasn't a lot of the problems, you know, adult problems that kids are being um, forced to deal with now.
0: Well, yeah, and Jeff, I mean, I think about my own kids and how it seemed when they were in junior high, all of those loud messages of what are you going to do about college and how are you going to, what's your grade point average? And um, I always felt that that was a bit overkill. Um, I, I always believed that they could be focused in on achievement, but at the same time, not try to again, press the gas pedal so that they could accelerate themselves. And, you know, the messaging was so heavy. um, And I could see that uh, pressure that many of their friends experience from all of those high expectations that typically you would think you're better able to handle and manage as an adult more than you would be if you're a 14 year old.
1: Well, and then you think about some other stuff. You know, kids are being taught now what to do when there's an active shooter. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that dynamic uh, is definitely something that I know from our generation um, that was unheard of.
1: You know, and it's, I'm from a, a generation where we learned, uh, you know, duck and cover for when we saw the bright flash of an atomic bomb. But that was not um, so personal mm-hmm. as the stuff we're talking about. That yeah. the, the kids, you know, you know, like something like an active shooter, or how we have to be careful about how kids talk to each other, or mm-hmm. you know. Everybody is super sensitive about everything, and you know, kids are having you know stuff that they have to think about that we never did.
0: Yeah, and I I, I wonder sometimes what that robs them or us when we move into adulthood. And I mean, I don't get me wrong. I I, I realize that I can't go back and have as simple of a life that I had when I was eighteen. However, I think it kind of speaks to that desire and intention around living sort of a transcendent life.
1: Yeah. Which to be in a transcendent life, you you have to be in the moment for that, to to be able to do something like that, to to make a change, to uh, have time to reset yourself.
0: Yeah. And that's, That's a good transition to, um, the idea about the difficulty around being in the moment as we look at adulthood Mm -hmm. and obviously even in adulthood, everybody can be in different places and seasons of life, but what are some thoughts around the idea about why do you find it difficult? Not you personally, but why do people typically find it difficult to be in the moment?
1: I think it's distractions. You know, we have exterior distractions, uh, which we, mm-hmm. we've talked about this a lot. How much, how much damage they they are? Mm-hmm. You know, this will date when this is going on, but everybody was worried about a balloon over the weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, whether we needed to or not. So, you know, that's an exterior. i will stop
0: you there, Jeff. Yeah, you just hit on something that got me thinking. I, I felt, and maybe this is an episode for further down the road for us, but this idea about when, when we hang out and reside, if you will, in the survival part of our brain, it seems like just about anything distraction mm-hmm. can move us to this heightened sense of alert and fear. Right. This balloon that you're talking about, and for the audience, we're talking about the supposed Chinese spy balloon that was hovering over the United States for a period of time. Um, Is that kind of, does that make sense? Yeah, it's,
1: um, yeah, when, when you, when your senses and emotions are all on edge. Yep. You know, anything is going to draw out that sense of fear, that sense of uneasiness, whatever you know you're thinking. So, yeah, when when we are so you know charged with these negative thoughts and, and yeah. attitudes and everything, anything is going to set that off.
0: Yes, and that's that's kind of where I was going toward the idea of distractions that mm-hmm. they also can be uh, harmful in the sense that it's setting you off in a direction where you're just in that, um, sympathetic side of your nervous system, where it's, everything is about, you know, freeze fight or flight and all of the the different dynamics that come mm-hmm. with that. Um, so as you talk about exterior distractions, uh, any others in that regard that are exterior nature that might be contributors to this, not being able to stay in the moment?
1: yeah just you know we're we're talking about you know these kind of outliers or whatever but just you know the pressure of being an adult you know like some of the things you mentioned you know when you're a kid it's you know getting good grades but then once you get your job you know making you know your job performance are you making enough money you know what do people think about me uh you know those kind of things so it's it's still distractions that you have and some of the things and when i say a distraction maybe to clarify that a little bit some of these things we do need to address that Absolutely. we do need to take care of yeah. but it's how much of your emotional and, and spiritual and even physical uh, fuel tank or uh, you know how much of, is it absorbing of what you need to
0: survive that's a great uh that's a great observation Jeff because you're right uh we all at some point probably will have to pay a mortgage payment mm-hmm. but losing sleep at night on whether or not the interest rates are going to go up and down because you have a arm product versus a fixed rate product or <laughs> yes <you> no <know, laughs> um it's and that's like in anything right I mean someone can say I've got a great job but Oh my gosh. They just announced layoffs from a competitor. Does that mean and then you're you're in this spiral um and and I don't I don't say that Jeff to to minimize the intensity of it for right. each individual. But my call out to it is kind of the the danger of that is is kind of going back to what I was saying about where we're hanging out so much residing in that in that sympathetic side of our nervous system, that survival part of our brain, where everything becomes heightened. And I, I've seen this in friends and family where there's this thing that's brought to me as a problem. And and, and certainly this oftentimes will happen to those who are a bit younger because they haven't necessarily experienced it. But I always try to say, you should expect that there are going to be problems and difficulties. Mm-hmm. And I know the messaging that our culture sometimes gives, typically through social media, is that everything is a rocket ship to whatever you want and however you want and whenever you want. But the reality is, Jeff, and I think by lived experience, life is difficult. And there are good days and there are bad days. There's problems, there's opportunities, and they're all gonna be there all the time, every day. And that, to me, seems to position you to where you can kind of take some of that weight off your shoulders and go, oh, I've got this online pharmacy that wants me to submit another form, even <laughs> though I submitted that form two weeks ago, and they lost it. Now I gotta make another phone call. And now I gotta... That, Jeff, that's that's the normal part of life. and. To turn that into something where I, gotta, I have to have high anxiety about it is not healthy at all.
1: You know, I, I was reading something, and I'm not a neuroscientist or anything, but I've heard people talk about that when you sleep, your body flushes your brain of any toxins or anything. Okay, so there's that. So how are we flushing these kind of toxins, which, are, you, know, the, what we're, you know, with the brain washing itself, those are chemicals and stuff to get out. But how are we flushing our brain of these things we were just talking about? When does oh that happen?
0: Gosh, yes. that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you brought that up. And uh, as you are not a neuroscientist, neither am I. However, there is research out there and it, it, you know, again, going science, like, for example, when you and I lay our head on the pillow tonight, the ideal situation is that we're going to get a certain amount of deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's when that our brains are doing its number to clean up and regenerate and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine for a moment, Jeff, let's say that you and I throughout the day, and I'm just kind of playing imagination here with you, Okay, that we decide... I'm traveling light. I've got three really, really important things. And these three things, I'm gonna dedicate mental energy to if they come up. The other 15 things that are screaming at me, I'm going to be in a healthy indifference to them. So I'm traveling light. Think of the value that potentially comes when we're not going to bed with 15 different crises, right?
1: And and what you're doing is you're, you, whatever those three things are that, you know, your have tos or whatever, that lets you be more in the moment when you're dealing with them and you're at your best when you're in the moment with something
0: where you don't. Go ahead. I I cut you off. You
1: know, it's just those distractions are going. So now you can focus your best self on those three things in the order that they need to be focused on.
0: And Jeff, that is the equation that I think, and and I wanna be very clear for our audience once more, this is not to minimize if you find yourself in crisis mode over Mm -hmm. 15 different things. We just wanna kind of maybe in a gentle way, say maybe you don't need to carry all of those 15 things. Maybe you can just take five of them off of your shoulders and see how that goes. everybody's gonna be in a different place. And I just wanted to say that um, with a sense of of compassion. And when we do that, it's it's kind of like, um, Jeff, if if you and I were uh, in a kitchen, and I've got my water glass filled to the very, very top, and you see me pulling out another water jug out of the fridge, and I'm getting ready to start pour, you probably are going to say to me, Eric, I don't think your glass is going to, you're not, you don't have any more room. <laughs>
1: you're right? going to end up with a mess.
0: With a mess. <laughs> and Jeff, if I said to you, well, Jeff, I really want some more water. What do I do? What you Drink say to some me?
1: of that first. And when you have room, add some
0: more water. <laughs> right. Or... Maybe it's, Eric, why don't you drink that water, get some satisfaction there, take care of the thirst, and then maybe a little later, you can add more to the glass.
1: Or or maybe that's all you need.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I guess I just lately, especially, uh, Jeff, is that I've been asking, uh, you know, kind of in my own head, uh, you know, that what are we doing carrying all this weight? What, what what I mean, do I really we go I'll go back to the balloon thing. OK, do I really need to give that energy? Do I need to give a part of myself to that? And I know, Jeff, someone out there might say, but that could be a spy drone that's taking pictures because China is preparing to do something awful, or whatever. I get it. But, Jeff, let's face it. We could say that to about just about anything else.
1: I very much doubt the joint chiefs of staff are going to call me or you to figure out what to do about the balloon.
0: Right. Could you imagine? Hey, Jeff, uh, we're a little concerned here. We're a little stumped. What do you think we should do about this balloon? Shoot it down, get some more data, uh, call China. uh, (laughs) And Jeff, if if you could kind of like think about that for a second and then tell us, what do we do? (laughs) Right. And, And that's I, again, just I, I just want to be this resounding gong, if you will, for folks. This is not to minimize if some of these kind of things really do give you high anxiety, uh, if it puts you into that survival mode. It's just our call to, you know, maybe we should explore just letting go and just maybe having fewer things and getting to the original where we were talking about why it's difficult to be in the moment. I think this is a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the reality of life, and, and this is the reality that I have found in life, is that the most valuable, beautiful things that I've ever been able to experience came to me in a very subtle and gentle way. Exactly. They never... Came to me, screaming in my ear that I should be on alert, that I should, I should lose some sleep, and I should, I should worry about what somebody's going to do. It was, it, it was, and and you have to be open to that. I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. That's we just don't allow ourselves, or we're so busy with everything else we don't notice. We just don't notice, you know, the old, you know, stop and smell the roses. There's a lot of truth in that.
0: A lot of truth in that. And, and, and I want to, I want to pivot, uh, to the other types of distractions. Um, and these might be the more powerful ones. And I know the exterior ones are, but what about Mm -hmm. the interior distractions? Uh,
1: that's the That's internal conversations you're having with yourself Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm not good enough or just any of those things where um, you're distracting yourself from having an opportunity to to see things. Um, You know, we, we joke about it, but... You know, I've seen the memes where you lay down and try to go to sleep and your brain turns on and it talks about when you had an accident and wet your pants in third grade,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Those are the internal things that are, you know, we can, you know, it's that kind of stuff that it's yeah. happened. Does anybody else remember that? Probably not.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless well, it's your you good could- friend and he's going to tease you about it. But.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it's interesting, you know, as you say that, um, and I found this to be a healthy exercise is that when I get a story that's being relayed back to me in my brain is questioning the truth. Mm -hmm. Now for me, I'm one of those that I, I need to ask it twice. I need to ask, is it true? And then is it really, true. (laughs) Yes, And once again, those voices can be very persuasive. Um, I myself, uh, certainly have been one to where I have believed my inner critic more often than I should have. But this has been a helpful tool for me to be able to move from that place of just quickly, immediately believing that, I'm either not good enough, or as your example, you know, if people only knew that you wet your bed when you were in third grade, um, those things don't have the same level of power. And I think in many ways, um, and it's the same thing with insecurities, right? We have to diminish the power of them and their power over us in order to be able to keep moving in a healthy way. I don't think they ever fully disappear because it's kind of back to the neural pathways Mm -hmm. but if they're not strong any longer because we don't just take them at their word we probably find ourselves experiencing a lot more health
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so let's keep talking about that interior thing again Um, Okay. so what else in the interior that might be a distraction
1: I think our um, um, self-imposed that's not the right way to say it it's when you aren't meeting your expectations for yourself
0: Mm -hmm. would this be the overachiever who thinks that uh, they got a 89, and they really should get a 98?
1: That, uh, and, you, know, you know, it could be you know something like a test. It could be, well, I intended to run a marathon this year, and right. I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, and, and beat yourself up for those things mm-hmm. instead of, okay, I'm human. I forgive myself. You know, those kind of internal distractions that, once again, are using up all, all that stuff out of your fuel tank, that it's, it's, it's just a drain.
0: What about uh, fantasizing? Um, And I'll I'll kind of unwrap that by saying, if if you're someone that is fantasizing about, um, I guess for lack of a better way of describing it, I want to, I want to own a certain type of car. I want to, I want to live in a certain type of house. Mm-hmm. I want to wear a certain type of clothing. I want to meet a certain type of people, right? There's there's
1: nothing wrong with any of those things. It's when that consumes you.
0: Exactly, because that's where I was going, Jeff. Nothing wrong with having a desire on the front end of a nice car. Mm-hmm. However, when that turns into a preoccupation, a a fixation that dominates your thought because we have to remember just like the example with the glass if the glass Mm -hmm. is full you can't other good things that are much better to be thought of can't get in there until you remove the other in this case it's kind of like removing waste in order to make room for something that's good Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where i'm going with it and i think You know obviously you know in spirit of eq we're not anti-social media but one of the downsides of social media is that it does fuel that dangerous compass combination of fantasy and the dopamine hit
1: yeah you know with using your your water analogy think of it this way those things that are distractions Mm -hmm. are like rocks that you put into your glass so it's not going to be able to hold as much as that good water yeah it's you know it's just things taking up space you know yeah in your head
0: yeah so um what would you say uh what happens when we are not able to be in the moment we talked about you know obviously at the beginning about the idea of the loss of wonder and the desire to accelerate to adulthood and then we talk about these distractions but uh, what is the threat, uh, or what happens when we're not able to be in the moment,
1: you miss out on things like we talked about, you know, if, if you're not in the moment with, uh, someone that's close to you, you're, you're not going to get the benefit of being with someone that you really care for or like to be around, which helps those mental things, you know, if, or, uh, Being in the moment of doing something that you really love doing without worrying about everything else, you're not going to get that benefit of doing whatever this is. Um, It's just not going to help you because you still have this background stuff going, um, you know, that is keeping you from being in that moment.
0: So, would you say that it would be a valuable exercise to determine what is most important to you in your life uh, as a tool to help you be more in the moment And, and i guess where i'm going with that jeff is is that if i know what my number one my number two my number three whatever is it positions me to uh channel that energy that you mentioned into those areas Mm
1: -hmm.
0: again to your point earlier yes at some point you're going to have to be aware and you're going to have to address paying for the heat when you Mm -hmm. turn the furnace on right but it should not go from i need to pay my heating bill to i'm worrying about whether or not the gas is going to stay on i'm worried about whether or not there's going to be a Crisis and natural gas this winter. <laughs> Do you, you know where I'm going?
1: Right. It it takes away. So if you're if you're occupied by that, how are you going to be able to be present with a friend?
0: Right. And if you say that your friends are part of that most important to you part of life, mm-hmm. they need that energy. Right. If it's going to grow, if the relationship is going to to be that reciprocal you know, feeding, if you will. Right. Right.
1: Uh huh. It's just, it's just going to make it more difficult. So it could be with friends or, uh, you know, just whatever it is. If you're not being, I said this before, if you're not in the moment with what you're doing, you're not giving your best self for that situation. So that situation with your friends, you're not giving your empathy. You're not giving your listening to people. If, um, your goal is, you know, if, if something is very important is a sport, you know, sports activity that is very important to you. If you're not in the moment, it's just not going to you're not going to get the benefit of that.
0: And you probably are if if you're in that place, you're dulling your senses to be able to discern between what is important and what is maybe minor. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, Jeff, um, you you I know have heard of this author, um, CS Lewis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if we've ever talked about him on the show, but, um, some years, many, 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 many years ago, he wrote a book, I believe it was called the Screwtape letter. <laughs>
1: I was thinking of that. Yes.
0: <laughs> and, uh, for the audience, it basically is the, the book of a senior demon, uh, mentoring and coaching, a, a, a newbie demon and the strategies they use to uh, throw off humankind, and well, and,
1: they were talking about one person.
0: Okay, it was one. Okay, so because yeah. I haven't read the book, but there's this. Yeah, there's I have. It's part, great. <laughs> okay, there's this part in the book, and you'll you'll remember this, Jeff, where sort of the it was like this moment of where he was explaining this is why we do this, and it went something like, we want a noisy world, so that the individual will not be able to hear the voice of his God. Mm-hmm. And though that obviously has connotations that are toward, you know, faith walk and beliefs and all that, and that's not where I'm going with it, but I'm, I, I, the connection is if we are allowing so much noise in our heads and in our lives that deafen our ability. To when Jeff says, Eric, hey, do you have a minute? I, I just wanted to talk to you about something. What, what, do, what do you mean, Jeff? What, what did you say, Jeff? Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. Can you call me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. What if Jeff really needed my ear? What if Jeff is in my most important list?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's so noisy. I got so much going on upstairs. You know, it's this, it's that, it's a worry. It's, it's a, you know, on and on and on that I miss that great opportunity to be that friend for Jeff when he needs it. Um, it just, it's it's kind of that profound comparison that I wanted to throw out there um, that it just really struck me. Um, all right. So as we get to the end of this particular show, Jeff, this was great. And it's it certainly got me thinking about uh, being even more intentional about my moments. And uh-huh. because Jeff, I, I know, you know, this, right. Uh, our moments do turn into hours that turn into days that turn into mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. Right.
1: And just like we've talked about with so many things, if you make it a habit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, powerful. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jeff, so what can we do?
1: I think there's some things we can do. Um, One of them is, is don't worry about what people think on the show. Friends, my favorite all time character is Phoebe. I don't know. I kind of relate to her. I think I could hang out with her because she's just who she is and doesn't care. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's this one episode where Rachel one of the other friends wants to take up running and stuff. So she goes with Phoebe and you can look this up on YouTube and Phoebe runs all akimbo. You know, it's like arms waving, just dorky everything. And Rachel's embarrassed by it and won't do it. But then finally Rachel does and discovers that's the best thing ever because I, you know, it's fun it's being a kid. It's, you know, that's how Rachel, that's how Phoebe runs. Rachel tried it and she got benefit from it then. Just, just not worrying about what people think about. So,
0: yeah, that's almost the uh, idea. You've heard the saying, you know, what people think of me is none of my business. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's, there's another thing. I just kind of found this by accident, but you know, Red Bull, the energy drink, they are very, very into motorsports and racing and things. You know, they sponsor NASCAR, Formula One. Uh, they are the uh, sponsor the whole series of like air racing and things. But they do this thing that is so much fun. It's Red Bull Soapbox Derby racing. Okay. And it's for adults. And, and I think our producer, Brett, is going to try to find a link and put in because it's so funny. And what it is is you get a team and it, you build this car. There's really no rules, you know. They just call it soapbox I, for whatever reason, but there's no rules. And it. it has to be something odd that you're racing, like a, a piano-looking thing or a cheeseburger or whatever. The team you have the two drivers in the car and the team has to all perform something and they get graded on that before it starts. And then they go down the hill and they have like a real race announcer doing this. And normally the cars fall apart or crash and turn over. And those people that are doing that, they are so in the moment of having fun that that has to help their mental health because They're just so in the moment of just doing that and, you know, find something like that. And then sometimes things come up Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Michelle and I, my wife, we were playing with our dog, Winnie, who is a very active pit bull boxer mix, and her ball went into an empty tissue box. And so she got it out and was doing it. And we go, well, what will happen if we put three balls in there? And it was the most fun thing I've ever seen of her ripping the box apart to get her balls out. She was so in the moment and my wife and I were in the moment watching her do this and just look for these things that 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 are in the moment that are fun Something is organized like the the soapbox derby thing or yeah. watch your dog play you know
0: yeah those those are those are very good. Um, avenues to travel, and I and, think and
1: Michelle and I actually talked about that afterwards, and we talked about how you know that really changed our day, yes, just watching yes. our dog,
0: yeah. And one of the things that I always, and I'm probably because of my personality, I'm always focused in about the idea that we're only given a certain amount of moments, oh, yeah, and you miss- um, yeah and quite frankly there'll come a day where there will be no moments and i don't want to sound morbid uh Mm -hmm. however i think that's a healthy respect of time Mm -hmm. Uh, be very careful how you choose to spend your time because you will have to spend it time is not something you can save no this doesn't work that way no so you um what do you think is a challenge we could give to the audience that maybe they could try this because obviously some of what we've talked about might seem like wow that's really really difficult and wow maybe it's easy for you jeff to spend time with your dog but i've got this going on that going on so what what advice would you give them maybe just a tip a challenge for them uh going just forward.
1: just find something every day just to, to be fully in the moment it could be like with the dog it could be with a soapbox derby team. It could be really being in the presence of the person that's you're buying your coffee from. Just find something to actually practice on. I'm concentrating on what's happening right here and right now and, and not letting those things in. And, and I found for me, the more I do that with even the little things, the easier it is or the more obvious it is when there's something big that's I need to be in the moment in
0: yes. Cause you're implying that what you're doing is you're building a practice. Mm-hmm. You're building something that is your go-to not just in a certain sector of life, but in how you practice it throughout mm-hmm. all facets of your life. And yep. that's a very valuable place to be. So with that, we come to the end of this episode, Jeff, and, um,